Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 292 of the Ask the Coach show, where ping skills help you improve your table tennis. Today in the show, we'll have our usual segments, the tip of the week, drill of the week, and answer your questions. I'm Jeff Plum, and as always, I'm joined by super coach Alois Rosario. Welcome, Alois. Uh, thank you, Jeff. And uh, you're sounding a little bit um, like, you know, you've got a bit of a cold. Are you okay? Uh, I, I, You'll make it through this show? <laughs> bit of the man flu. Yeah, I think I can make it through the uh, show. Okay. Um, All right. Well, I'll, just I'll, let us know if you need, uh, you know, need to lie down or something. You well, are getting on. Yeah, yeah, I will do. I, I blame my wife. She had a cold, passed it on to me, you know. Yeah, she obviously doesn't listen to this show, Jeff. <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, never. Uh, only sometimes in editing, you know, and um, I'll um, I'll be editing away and then she'll just give me a strange look like, what are you talking about? Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. Yes. Well, just, just make sure you get past that first bit. Yeah. yeah, she's more of a tennis player than a table tennis player. Yeah. Nice. Anyway, uh, has their problems, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, and, you know, just as a quick side note, Rafael Nadal won his 16th Grand Slam, the US Open recently. Yeah, very impressive. Nice topspin on that, man. Yes, he, he, like, he really does have table tennis-like forehand, doesn't he? He does, he does. He finishes up nice and high. Yeah, he gets plenty of topspin, yes. <laughs> awesome. Um, anyway, today's show, Alice, we're going to have a bit of a focus on sports psychology. Yes. Yeah. So we started on the uh, sports psychology theme last week. Um, yes. And uh, today we'll just uh, go through and uh, talk about another aspect of sports psychology. Excellent. All right. Well, before we do that, let's get into the On This Day segment. Should I be calling it On This Day or On This Week, Alice? That's, everything uh, else is like of the week, of the week, but... Yeah, I think it's On This Week, isn't it? Yeah, because... Um, or is it In This Week? Or it could be at this week. <laughs> or from any, this week. From this week, that's better. Yes. <laughs> okay. Any any English teachers that know grammar out there, tell yeah, us that, what we're doing certainly wrong. Certainly not us. Yes, certainly <laughs> not us. Okay. All right, so what did happen uh, what, from this week? From this week. <laughs> well, it was uh, from this week, it was uh, Jang Woo Jin's birthday. Jang Woo Jin uh, from Korea. Uh, just turning 22 years of age um, and currently ranked at number 49 in the world. But he has been up as high as 24 in January 2016. So, um, yeah, so he's slipped down a little bit. But I saw I saw Jang Woo Jin at the um, Australian Open this year and he lost first round to uh, Shetty from India um, in that first round, which is a bit of a surprise. But... Um, but, yeah, Shetty played well in that match. But, yeah, Jang Jin, a good player. He won the men's doubles with his uh, compatriot Park Gang-hyung um, as well. So, yeah, but very... At the Australian Open? At the Australian Open, yeah, exactly. Yes. So, um, yeah, so, you know, an interesting player. Young, young still, still just 22 years of age and um, bright future ahead of him. You know, as I said... Um, more than a year ago, was uh, up at 24, so uh, so huge potential for Jang Woojin. All right, everyone. So keep an eye out for Jang Woojin. Um, not a common name just yet, but you never know. Um, yeah, Korea's um, got quite a lot of strong players, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he goes over the future. Yep, indeed. So, yeah, I mean, and, and just, to, just to be competitive um, at... Uh, 
the world tour level and to whip, to actually win a men's doubles event is is pretty strong so and he was he was the dominant player in that match really excellent all right um great segment as always oh, of course indeed <laughs> all right Alois, it's it's time for people to um if they're listening to this in their car, maybe pull over because it's joke of the week time and I don't want anyone laughing too hard and crashing the car. So, so if you are yeah. listening to this in the car, just just be mindful. This is a pretty funny joke today. Right. Alois and listen. Yes. Yes. What and it's and it's car related. What happens to a frog's car when it breaks down? I don't know. He gets out and pushes it. No. It gets towed away. <laughs> oh, don't crash your cars, people. Uh, the frog's car uh, gets towed away. I oh, love it. Goodness. All yes. right, now, um, all right, let's get straight into the tip of the week, Alloys. Yeah, let's. <laughs> what is the tip of the week? Well, the tip of the week, as I said, um, still on the psychology theme, which is, you know, one of the, the, the top uh, block of our building block blocks of table tennis um and today last week we talked about your pre-point routine so you know that's what you do uh between each point and to prepare for each point but let's go back a step and think about our pre-match routine so the pre-match routine is is something that you can start to develop it could be you know the the 30 minutes or the one hour before your match and what do you actually do in that time now uh for some players that that are playing league, so if you're playing playing in a league, um, you sometimes you don't have much time at all with that pre pre match routine. You know, it might only be a couple of minutes because um, you might be umpiring um, prior to that, or you might be um, you know doing something else, or you might not have much time before a match. So what? you need to do is to develop a pre-match routine that suits your situation and the situations that you play in um, in in your match conditions. So, for example, in a league match, um, it might uh, might mean that you only have two or three minutes. What are you going to do in those two or three minutes? What I want you to do is to develop a bit of a routine. So don't just, you know, wander around talking to people or, um, you know, and just um, almost... Uh, be at their whim, I want you to start to control what happens in those few minutes. Some simple ideas are to just do a little bit of body activation as far as, you know, jumping up and down, um, getting the heart rate up, getting getting um, getting the body moving, especially if you have had to umpire the previous match or, you know, you might have been sitting down and watching or um, coaching your, your teammate. Just use those couple of minutes just to jump around, get the body active, get the heart rate up, up um, you know, especially get the legs moving. Um, yeah, this, this is interesting, Alois. So a lot of people might be wondering, why do I even need a pre-match routine? What, what's the point of it? Yeah. So it's to, it's to get your body again comfortable and familiar with what you're doing. So if each time you walk out onto a table, you're doing something completely different, your body isn't used to that uh, or, or that movement or what you've just done. What we want to do is to start to get our body familiar, comfortable, um, in, a, in a good place by just being um, in a routine, as, as the name suggests. Yeah, so, and that, yeah that, that sounds interesting. And then so is it important that you do this before every match or just important matches? or yeah, what's really, yeah, really important to do it before every match. Um, and also don't forget to practice it in your 
uh, practice time. You know, so before you play some practice games, go through your pre-match routine. Um, you know, if it's two minutes or whatever it is, um, just go through that routine so that you are starting to get your body ready and comfortable with that routine. The more times you do it, the more comfortable your body will feel. Yeah, and as you said, like in league matches, as opposed to where you might not have as much time as to a tournament where maybe you know when you're playing, maybe you don't, um, would you would you have like two different match routines, one that's a longer one and one that's a shorter one? Yes, yeah, you, you, you do. Um, and again, it depends on, you know, what you normally do. Um, you might only play league, so you only need to develop a league a pre-match routine for your, for those league matches. But those of you that do play tournaments, again, there's probably a couple of different categories of tournaments. Tournaments where you've got no idea when you're playing, you sit around and um, and your name gets called out and, so, and then you've got to go and play your match. So in that situation, again, you've probably only got a couple of minutes. Develop a, develop a routine for that. There's also uh, tournaments where the uh, matches are scheduled. So you know... Um, at the start of the day, you'll be playing at 11 a.m., 12.30, you know, 2 p.m., whatever it is. Um, so you need to then think about what routine you're going to utilise for that. And there you've got a bit better opportunity to prepare yourself. So, you know, that could be a half an hour or a one-hour routine. So that routine could be that um, an hour before you go out on the table and have a, uh, a good solid hit, um, or knock for about half an hour, um, then you have a rest, then you do something else, then you get some food, whatever it is. But, yeah, just develop um, those simple ideas and that, that simple routine for yourself in the different situations that you um, find yourself in. Excellent. All right. And so um, – and, and one of the key ingredients of pre-match routine also is just, to, like you said initially, is to get your body prepared. So so that's kind of like almost step one, is it? To do some kind of physical movements just to get your body moving? Yeah, so the, the, first, the first bit can be the physical um, and then the second bit can be the, the more um, technical or strategic as well. So, um, you know, if you've got an hour, um, you could do a couple of minutes of physical warm-up, then you would do some technical stuff, so hitting the ball on the table, getting the feel, uh, doing some service, do, uh, service return, third ball, um, and at the end of your uh, pre-match warm-up, uh, you would be playing pretty close to um, a match-type um, scenario. So you might even play some practice matches. Yep, cool. And then and then, is there any – do you recommend anything about, like, um, positive visualisation or anything like that just before you go on? Yeah, you could, uh, yeah I mean, there, there's a whole scope of things that you can um, – entertain there as far as what you what you can put in there definitely um you know sitting down um quietly works for some people um going through just your tactical plans um doing some positive um visualization you know just thinking about and watching and and um, not watching but imagining um what you are going to do against that opponent you know visualize yourself um serving the serves that you want to um making the uh the attacks and the positioning that you want to as well with your with your attacks yeah sounds sounds good now alloys the drill of the week is very closely related to this and yeah yeah and yeah. It, and yep yeah that's right and just so so just uh, for the drill of the week this week i want you to develop that pre-match routine think really carefully about 
each situation scenario that you're going to be faced with in the next, you know, a month, two months, three months of matches um, and try to develop some routines around that. That sounds good. And so um, just just as a recap, say someone is playing in some, you know, pennant or league matches where they might only have a couple of minutes. What's like a quick sample routine that you'd recommend like that they can start with and then tailor to suit themselves? Yeah, sure. So, so first up, do a little bit of jogging on the spot. Um, you know, run up and down. Depends on what space you've got. Um, move your arms around. You know, circle them. Uh, get your get your body or your muscles stretched. Um, if you have the opportunity to get onto a table, you know, then just maybe uh, hit for thirty seconds. Do some serves, some service returns, some pushing, some third ball. Um, Usually in that situation, though, you don't have the opportunity to um, to have a hit. So then it could be just, you know, taking a couple of deep breaths um, and visualising, thinking about your strategy, your tactics for the match. Excellent. All right, sounds good. All right, so Pink Skillers, yeah, this week, think about your pre-match uh, routine. It's... Um it is something that's important. Start with something really simple. Don't try and go too complicated to start with, um, and then you can build on it from there. But at least get some really basic things in place, and yeah. you, hopefully you'll see that it'll help you, and then you can develop it further from there. Yeah. So, Jeff, what what sort of things did you do before your matches? Before my matches? Oh, I don't know that I was the best at doing all this stuff. Um, I often like to listen to music. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but... You know, I don't think I really paid as much attention to this as I should have. Yeah, yeah, but um, but listening to music's a good one too, isn't it? You um, you know, and and when when we say listen to music, it's often good to have a bit of a playlist for yourself. So don't just you know turn on the radio and uh, be at the whim of whatever um, the radio is putting on for you. Um, it's more about you know just getting something that you know you feel relaxed with or comfortable with um, and um, and doing that as well. Yeah, so, because I guess it's interesting in matches because a lot of the time you you do a lot of the training, so you don't want to be um, thinking too hard about all of your strokes and stuff. You kind of want to let the training take over and let things happen automatically. And I found that yeah, by listening to certain music beforehand. Um, that would be easier in the matches to kind of just let things happen. Not sweet child of mine, I hope. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good one, you know. I have to admit I did hear it on the radio the other day. <laughs> um, um, yeah, so so I used to, um, I know before pennant or league matches, I used to, you know, do that little bit of jumping around and running around and just get the body um, active. But then I used to um, do a little bit of a, skills test for myself um so i used to do you know the one where i roll the ball over from one side of the racket to the other yes Uh, so i used to do that um because to do that you need to you know focus back in on the ball focus on and have a have a nice calm steady hand um so i found that you know if i was attempting to do that and the ball was jumping around everywhere you know i knew that i needed um just to to calm myself a little bit, take a few breaths, um, just get my mindset right. So, yeah, that used to be my little routine, especially before um, pennant or league matches. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Um, That just reminded me of um, Roger Federer, the other tennis player. Uh, The other tennis player. He's all right, that guy. (laughs) He's all right. He goes well, yeah. Because we were speaking about Nadal earlier. But um, 
Before he serves, he often bounces the ball and then he, he hits it on the side of his racket to bounce it back down, which is like, you know, a little skills test, almost like what you're doing. Yes. He often does that as like a pre-point routine. But, um, yep. yeah, we're talking yep. about the pre-match routine here. Yeah, good one. Yeah. So um, there's All a few right. more ideas for you, ping skillers. Yep, get out there. And, um, yeah, have, have, a, have a think about that uh, during the week. Awesome. All right, Alois, it is time for the tournament wrap. What's going on? Yeah, so uh, so the the, the big uh, tournament this week, um, starting tomorrow, the 13th, is the European Teams Championships. Uh, so uh, that's uh, that's being held in Luxembourg. Um, the um, the interesting thing for me was that England are in um, aren't in the championship division. They're uh, they're in the second division because they haven't sent their top team, um, which is which is interesting to me. I mean, the European Championships is a pretty big deal, um, I think. But um, just uh, reading um, who they've sent, so they've sent some young as well. Sam Walker, who played in the last World Teams Championships, um, then David McBeath, um, Tom Jarvis, and Helshen Wirasinger. So um, so very young team and um their thoughts behind it were that uh well they can't earn promotion um through this event so they've taken the decision to rest Drinkall and liam pitchford you know the two heroes from the last world championships um and to blood some young young players with an eye you know to try and bring them on um especially for um the world team cup in february next year in um in england and the commonwealth games in april um, so they're two big events for for the English uh, team. So um, yeah, it's a little bit of interesting thinking from from the uh, the English mob there, um, not sending their best best players to that event. I wonder uh, how that how that system works. I don't know too much about the European Championships because in the World Championships, they're I think they're in the highest division now, aren't they? They had a really impressive uh, World Team event last time around. Yeah, that's right. But it goes on. Uh, it goes on the players that are, that are fronting up that are entered in your um, in the event. So, so that's yeah. why they're not in the championship division. But so they the kind cha- of said because we cannot earn promotion, we've taken the decision. So even if they sent Paul Drinkle and Liam Pitchford, it sounds like they couldn't have earned promotion. Yeah. So I, th- I think maybe for the next, um, yeah, hmm. either for the next European Championships or for I'm not sure, or for the World Championships or something like that. So yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yep, but uh, but anyway, thinking about the players, the, the teams that are um, serious about it. Um, so Germany, um, the number one seeds there. Um, so Germany with uh, you know Ovtarov, Boll, Franziska, uh, Ruin, Phyllis, um, and Ricardo Walter. Um, so strong team again from Germany. Um, then there's Portugal, who uh, who won a previous European Teams Championship. Sweden, France, you know, they're the they're the big guns. And then um, you know teams like Croatia, Austria, Greece, Romania, um, falling in behind them. But uh, yeah, always always an interesting event. You know, it's an event without China um, that <laughs> yes. uh, that everyone's got a chance to win. So uh, yeah, so it will be interesting to see. Um, and just looking at the women's event. Uh, again, Germany, uh, the top seeds there, uh, with um, uh, yeah, well, strong team of Han Ying, uh, Shan Jianar, uh, Sabine Winter, uh, yeah. So, um, 
So it'll be interesting to see how Germany, whether Germany can pull off the double and Romania, um, you know, up there as well. So Romania, of course, with uh, Elisabetta Samara, um, their top player there, but with Dodian and um, yeah, Diaconu, so and and Bernadette Sock. So yeah, good, uh, good, strong, good, strong competition there. The European teams. So starting up uh, tomorrow, the thirteenth. Um, and finishing up on the 17th. Excellent. All right. Keep an eye out. Should be a great tournament. Yeah, we'll have some results for you next week. Awesome. All right. It is time to move on to the questions, Alloys. Are you ready? I certainly am, Jeffrey. All right. Have you, got, have you got any good ones for me this week? Oh, I certainly do. Um, again, some different questions, but some on sports psychology going along with our theme here. Okay, so good. first up is a question from Tam. He said, hi, Alois. I've recently come back from a camp playing some of the best stuff in my career. But then last week I went to the UK school games to play a competition. I felt confident I was going to win because of all the stuff I played at camp. But I was really tense and nervous during every game. My technique went out the window. I lost to a lot of players that were lower ranked. And it was quite embarrassing for my team to see me go through this. Can you explain why this happens and how I can improve upon this? Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's a familiar scenario, Tam. It's one that uh, a lot of players go through. Um, and it, interestingly, you know, when you when you go out there um, the week before and you train the house down and you you're feeling great and yeah, um, everything seems to be going well, sometimes we put expectations on ourselves. You know, we, um, we, we feel, oh, gee, I'm playing well. You know, I should go out and do this or I should do that um, because I've trained well. Just doesn't follow, unfortunately. I mean, sometimes, you know, you get that nice flow on, but, but um, you know, just as many times you, you get to the tournament and because of the expectations, things break down. So really important, uh, you know, in that training scenario to just you know train hard but also make sure during that training time that you're putting yourself in uh, match type situations um, and you know practicing things like we talked about today practicing your pre-match routines practicing your pre-point routines um, those those are the things that are really important often in a training scenario again you know we're doing a lot of open drills and hitting the ball and you know we hit the ball beautifully but it in the match situation, it's not about that at all. It's about how well you can serve short, you know, how well you can pinpoint your returns, how well you can um, make decisions about which ball to attack and which ball to defend, uh, and those sort of things. So, just hitting the ball well in the in the training in the training camp um, often does not flow through. Um, and as I said, it often just puts expectations on you. Um, you know, rather than the reality. So, um, yeah, so Tam, don't, don't worry about it too much, but use it as a real learning, um, learning tool that, you know, make sure that you're, you're covered off on your pre-match, your pre-point, um, practicing more of the, of the nitty gritty, I suppose, of, of the points, um, during your camp situation, um, and, uh, and then flow on into the, into the tournament. Yeah. Great points. Great points. Yeah. So, to summarise, Tam, yeah, concentrate on yeah more match type uh, drills during your training leading up to that. And for all of the premium members who are following our fifty-two week training plan, 
you'll see that, you know, the last eight weeks we really focus on that tournament preparation phase. So we show you a lot of um, good drills to do leading up to tournaments to make sure you're, you know, focusing on the right things that are going to be important during a match. And then as yeah. we've been talking about in these shows, yeah, the pre-point routines and the pre-match routines, all of those help you as well. Yeah, and I think just managing expectations too, you know, that's that's the other key thing. Yeah, true. So, yeah, I mean, that that can be difficult, can't it? Um, yeah, I guess indeed. It's, it's just something you, you learn with experience. Yes, yep, I think so. And, and just, you know, if you, if you get into your pre-point and pre-match routines, then it becomes more of a process and, and those expectations go out the window and you're just, you know, going through the process each time. Yeah, excellent, excellent. And, um, and yeah, and just a couple of things that we did. Um, for our premium members, we did do a How to Avoid the Choke um, live stream. So premium members can see that on the website. Go to um, the website, click on the, um, I think it's the blog link, and then live streams, and you'll see How to Avoid the Choke one for premium members. And if you're not a premium member, yeah, a really good book was um, by Matthew Sire, the English table tennis player. Um, bounce in that he talks about his biggest choke and um, it was quite an interesting read as well so um, go have a read of that by Matthew Syed Uh, it's called Bounce all right next question is from Srihari who wants to know Alois how can I beat my neighbor who is 21 years old can you tell me how to find that man's weakness I want to beat him at least once Ah, uh, yes. We've all got one of those people, haven't we? Whether it's uh, oh, yeah. whether it's at work or at home or uh, even in tournaments. So, um, Shahari, uh, the, the couple of things to think about are, firstly, um, think about which side he's weaker at, backhand or forehand. Then think about what type of serves that you do that work well against him. Um, you know, and it might be uh, your best serve, it might be your worst serve, but think about what type of serves are actually effective against him. Then think about what type of serves he does um, and how you're combating that. Okay, Are you having problems with a particular serve um, or are you returning that ball to the best position, short, long, forehand, backhand, whatever it is? Um, and then in the general rally, start to think about, okay, where do I need to play to? Do I need to play more to his middle, forehand, backhand in general? Um, you know, and that'll depend on um, whether he's good at attacking with the forehand, backhand, or whether he's good at defending with a forehand and backhand. So there's there's a couple of things that you can work your way through. Um, so, uh, yeah, so some 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 just some simple sitting down, thinking about uh, some basic tactics can really help. Yeah, awesome, awesome advice. Um, I'll put a link in the show notes to our basic tactics um, video, which talks about some of the things you, you can focus on. And it really is amazing how if you just focus on a few of their weaknesses, it can um, really highlight where to play the ball more to, and it can just it can completely change the way a match goes um, just by finding a weakness that you can exploit. Excellent. All right, next question is from Arpit. Um, oh, yes? Jeff, yeah, I might just might just throw in here. Um, we've just done a couple of match strategy um, uh, videos, um, yes. which, are, which are interesting. Um, so what we've done is we've, um, we've got um, a match from the um, Coburg Super League, um, a local league here in Melbourne, um, and... Uh, just done a commentary on one of the matches, but then we've also done a match analysis 
Um, so, you know, that, that'll give you some ideas of what you're looking for uh, when you're playing an opponent as well. Yes, absolutely. Yep. Um, so at the moment, yeah, we've got those ones there for our premium members. So if you if you want to join up, it's great value. Join up as a premium member. Um, we're going to be doing a lot more of them over, over in the future. Um, so yeah, we might uh, yeah see if we can make one or two of them free for you guys. Anyway, they're great. Uh, yeah, great to watch. So check them out on pingskills.com. Good good point, Alois. All right. Uh, next up is a question from Arpith. And Arpit says, I'm facing a problem that I end up doing everything right until the third ball attack. But after that, I end up out of position and play the next shot and respond too late and the opponent gets an easy return. So what can I do to improve after the third ball? So I serve well and I play my third ball well, but then I'm out of position. Alois, what tips do you have for Arpit? Yeah. Yes, again, common problem here, Arpith. And often I find players that have this problem are trying too hard or trying to do too much with that third ball. You know, you're trying to hit the ball too hard, and what happens is you actually throw yourself off balance. Um, If you're making good position for the third ball, great. But what I want you to think about is then when you're playing your third ball to keep things under control. So don't play at 100%. Play at 80% to start off with or 60%. Just make sure that that third ball is on the table and you're balanced while you're playing the third ball. You'll find it'll actually help you to start to increase the power, etc., on your third ball as you as you progress. Um, but, and, but then it'll definitely also help you with that fifth ball and seventh ball and so on. So, um, so just maintaining balance, not trying to do too much with that third ball is, is the real key here. Yeah, okay, because it can be a problem like I guess you want to hit the ball hard and so people think they really need to throw themselves into it. Um, but often, yeah, you you generally get more power if you're well-balanced and can use everything um, together really in a coordinated fashion. Yeah, and it, and it really starts with your legs. Your legs have to remain in a good, low, balanced position during that third ball stroke. If you're... If you, one of your legs or feet are coming up off the ground when you're playing that third ball, then you're trying too hard or you're not um, balanced enough. Okay, good tips, good tips. All right, hopefully that helps you out, Arpith. All right, next up is a question from Chandra Chur, and he says, Hi, I've always wanted the maximum spin and control for my bat, but there is one more parameter, speed. He says, I don't know why it's useful, but if I want more speed, I can always make the stroke faster. So if I get a good um, ball to hit hard in the rally, then the speed I can generate with a slow blade and rubber is so fast that the ball will be at the other side really quickly anyway. So it's difficult to even see the ball. So why do we want to make it faster anyway? He goes, I can hit it fast enough with a slower bat. So if you love fast blades or rubbers, please share the advantages you have while playing a match with it. Yeah, so so I'd say Chandrachur at this stage you, your bat is fast enough for you um, because um, you're able to hit the ball fast enough to win points. But you'll find that as you progress levels, um, as your balance gets even better, as your strokes become better, um, you'll find that the bat that you're using now won't be fast enough, perhaps, and you want to want something a little bit faster. Um, that will get through an even better player. So um, yeah, so so that's why players go for that faster, faster equipment. Um, but I'm glad that you're staying with 
the equipment you're using now. You're very right. You don't need anything faster. If you're able to generate enough speed with it now to, to win points, that's great. So, uh, But, yeah, the reason why there is faster equipment is because then there is another level there as well. And I guess it's difficult for people to know when to switch using faster equipment because we, we often – or we, we don't want people using something that's too fast for them because then they don't develop their strokes properly. They might just – use half a shot and get a lot of speed without a proper shot, but that's going to lead to some inconsistency. So we kind of like people to use um, slower equipment to start with so they can develop the full shots, um, but then it's difficult to know when to move up to the next level. Yes, exactly. Yeah, but but if you're... So if you were feeling like you're trying to hit the ball hard and you're not able to get through your opponents and, you know, you're at full pace then it's probably time to think about moving up in speed with the racket. Yeah, I guess as long as you're consistent at that level. Because if you're trying to hit the ball really hard, not getting through your opponents, but still making a lot of mistakes, then then maybe your technique still needs some improvement as well. Right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. All right. Well, excellent. Great question, Chandracher. And Alois, that wraps up show 292. We're getting closer to that magical 300 number. We are indeed. That's right. Yes, indeed. And we had a few suggestions about show 300, um, but we'll have to think uh, what we do for that. Yeah, I reckon you could come up with a good joke by then. <laughs> uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, good one. All right. Well, thanks, Pink Skillers. Uh, make sure to check out pinkskills.com. Thanks for listening and thank you, Alloys. Thank you, Jeff. And thanks, listeners. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.